every choice we make, history branches in two, creating one Earth, where we made the choice, and a second, where we didn't. Multiverse would be a more apt description. But what's a multiverse? A multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. Who are you in this vast multiverse? <sighs> this shouldn't even be possible. I got a bad feeling about this. Multiverse is real. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and visit the phantoms that we love. Today, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Andor. I'm your host for today's journey through the multiverse, Ethan Wenslov, and joining me is the man himself, the man who founded this podcast, Benjamin Reisai. Ben, how are you? I'm doing excellent. We are fresh off the finale of and or the subject of today's discussion and i i gotta say i've never been more excited to talk about a product since i would say probably spider-man no way home last year around this time actually awesome it's the holiday season so i'm greatly looking forward to that but i'm also just greatly looking forward to dive into this with you ethan because there's few greater pressures in life than to do this Yes, and how many episodes of Andor are we talking about? Never more than 12. So let's grab our sling rings, hop in that TARDIS, and hit that hyperdrive, because we're going to the Star Wars universe. They're so proud of themselves, so fat and satisfied. These days will end. There will be no rules going forward. People are standing up. That's what a reckoning sounds like. Yes, Andor is the discussion for today, and we are going to be diving deep into never more than 12 episodes, as Ethan said at the start, and I, I, like I said, I'm so excited to talk about this, and for not only the reason that this is new Star Wars to talk about, but it the dynamic that we're going to have here today is going to be very interesting, because many times on this podcast, and there are a few exceptions, Ethan and I agree most of the time. And on this, I would say that we differ slightly in our opinion, just slightly. But before I, I give away our thoughts, I would just like to hand it over to Mr. Wensloff. What did you think of 12 episodes of Andor now? Tony Gilroy is the creator, starring uh, Diego Luna, starring uh, Stellan Skarsgård, and a host of other different actors. This show is out now for all to see and what did you think of it i love Andor ben i there's nothing about this show that i've disliked At, from the first episode to the last episode i'm fully engaged i watched the finale today and i already want season two i am so excited this is to me this is the best star wars has been in my entire life and that is saying that the original trilogy came out before i was born so i'm excluding that but the things that I've been able to watch as they've come out, like go to the theater and just experience, this is the best of the best, in my opinion. I love Andor and just the, the tone and everything about this show, I think is perfect. It's what Star Wars needed. And I'm just, I'm very excited to talk about it with you, Ben. Your reaction is exactly why I've been so looking forward to talking about this because I now, when I see things online, I'm always, that, that I disagree with. I'm always like baffled, like how do you think that, you know? And now I get to sit down with someone who I have that reaction to. Like I, I get to have a conversation. And I would like to say on the outstart that I did enjoy Andor. I did like the show. I don't know though. My position is that every time I go away from an and or episode, I go online and I get your reaction. It is the greatest Star mm -hmm. Wars has ever been. And I, I I can't to me this is this is baffling because in a way Star Wars is I I have never been more of a fan of anything in my life than Star Wars. 
I, since I was a kid, I've loved Star. As Cassian said, since I was six years old, I have loved Star Wars, and now I am kind of outside the majority of the group of thinking. Because while I do think the show is good, and I do think Cassian has given a great story to deal with, and the the writing and the acting is fantastic, I don't see this as some of the best Star Wars has been. I, I think I can think of many projects that I think are better than this. So that is why I'm so excited to talk about this because you think that I don't. And I, I wonder why you say that because you said, and, I, and many others have said that this is the best star Wars has been in your entire life. Mm-hmm. And in my lifetime, you know, go ahead. I just want to say this right now. I love star Wars in its entirety. I love Mandalorian. I love, all right, we'll talk about sequel trilogies another time, Yes. but I'm a big fan of the prequels. I am a new fan of the Clone Wars and I'm a huge fan of Star Wars Rebels. So everything I'm saying about Andor and praising Andor for, it is not a diss on the rest of Star Wars. I'm a massive fan of the rest of Star Wars. I just think that Andor has been leagues above and is not only like the best Star Wars show we've gotten in live action, I think it's one of the best shows of the year and I've watched a lot of shows this year. So I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this and dive into all the, the nitty gritty on why I think Andor is next level. But the main reason I love Andor is how real it feels, how real it takes characters from a star Wars universe that we would not be able to relate to. And they bring it down to a level where we can relate to these characters. And this is different than anything they've done before because Normally, the main characters of our story are Jedi, you know, these mystical space wizards that at points can be all powerful. But no, in this show, when a stormtrooper walks into a room, you are scared for the character's lives. And you do not get that when a Jedi is present. So that is one of the main reasons that this show is so great, in my opinion. And obviously, you got all the characters, all the writing, all the storytelling they've been able to do, the complexities of each episode. Probably six episodes in, we were following a character. I didn't even know who this character's name was yet. But I was invested in their story and the complexities of it and just everything that went into that. So that th- those are some of the few reasons that... I'm a massive fan of this show. I will say this. I agree with you that the Empire is made to be an actual threat. As someone who sat through most of Rebels week to week and who has, I mean, even in the original trilogy, a stormtrooper is not a threat. In this, it definitely is. Like every every time you see one, and in a way you don't see them that often. They're not like in the frame half the time Mm -hmm. they're always off to the side but you feel the presence and even when you're in the imperial war rooms in episodes like that and and deidre mills like i believe that's her last name i know Mm -hmm. her first name is deidre deidre however you pronounce it but she is the imperial officer the blonde imperial officer that we followed throughout the whole series and she is she's after andor and she feels like a genuine threat in a way that no imperial officer has ever felt before and I loved that. That was a great addition to this show. And your point about this show having a main character that is not a Jedi, we have never seen that. Excluding, obviously, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Those are shows that don't have Jedi as the mains. Go ahead. Yes, but those still feature Jedi in some capacity. We have Ahsoka and Luke in Book of Boba Fett, and then we got Grogu, Ahsoka, and Luke in Mandalorian. So this is just so set apart in that specific area. And I guess that's not why I don't like the show, but to me, Star Wars is most interesting when it's focusing on the most powerful characters in the show. Like, I'll say this, I know how to enjoy Star Wars when it's not focusing on Jedi Mm -hmm. the the main like my favorite Clone Wars arc or maybe I guess my second favorite Clone Wars arc is the Umbara arc that focuses solely on the clones I mean you have a a Jedi there but they they don't I mean he's the antagonist and the whole focus is on Rex and his troops and it like that I mean it's great but I guess I was going into the show hoping more for 
a wide scale rebellion story and didn't know that I was going to get a deep character study on the co-star of Rogue One, mm-hmm. I guess. Even though, I mean, the show is called Andor, but usually those types of shows are vehicles in ways to tell a grander story, you know, like Mandalorian. It's about Mando, but you bring in these elements that tell like the, the empire right now, the empire is falling, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just the empire blew up. So you have ways of telling these stories, but in this is so small scale and hearing people say that it's the best star Wars has ever been. Like I was reading comments. I watched star Wars explained video today and I watched him break it down and I was looking through the comments and everyone's saying that this is the best Star Wars, even almost better than the original trilogy. And I'm like, how do you say that? You hmm. know, because as interesting as the show can be, it never reaches as interesting as if you were focusing on like Anakin's fall to the dark side, you know, and something and something of that magnitude to where I'm, I am more invested in that than this story even though i am i do like the show so i guess my problem is not that the show is bad like that the show is not bad but it's it's that fans are so praising the show it's like i don't get it and i wish i could you know yeah so so your problem is that the overall vast amount of love that this show is getting versus the rest of star wars and how you just don't you can't view this new project as something that's as sacred as the prequel trilogy clone wars mandalorian because like they said this is the best thing that's come out in since disney acquired lucasfilm and i agree but we got to remember that the the siege of mandalore also Mm -hmm. happened during Mm -hmm. that time yeah and i was so much more invested and i would say that is a better story than this story Mm -hmm. i would say that Mandalorian is a better story than this. I would say moments of Kenobi are better than this. So I don't like, I just, I guess I don't agree Hmm. that that point is being made. This is just the most complex writing Star Wars has been and the most complex storytelling that it has gotten. And just the episode to episode wait, like I am excited for the next episode when this episode ends and this episode ended today and I'm pumped for season two. So it's just, I really am upset that you can't relate to the excellence that this show is and just how perfect it's been on every level. And it's just, it's so next level for star Wars and with star Wars, I'm not going to diss on star Wars here, but it can get very formulaic And you have stories of the Jedi and you have stories of the Sith. And those are, those are awesome. We love these all powerful beings, but there's just something different about seeing the start of this rebellion. And you, what you had said about what you thought the show would be and how you described it, that's exactly what I just watched. So that, that's what I'm confused about. We are seeing the start of the rebellion. We're, we're seeing the very nitty gritty start with, uh, Von Mothma and, uh, Luthen and Saw Gerrera, we're seeing these connections formed and we're seeing that this battle isn't as black and white as we thought it was. We have evil people in the rebellion and we have good people in the empire that are just trapped. And I love seeing this intermingling and this deep connective tissue that we've never really seen before. And I love seeing that there's heart in the empire because all we saw was Sidious before. And you did see some of the Senate, but now you, you get to dive into these characters and see that they're people like like Cyril, who who loves cereal. He is just we don't get really to too much of him, but he's in every episode and we get to see him throughout and his little arc and just how he wants to be a big presence in this empire and he wants to be an influence. So it's to me, this is just it's so it's very it's the most different thing we've gotten from disney yes and it's highly unique i think we can all agree it's highly unique and the writing the acting and the direction is just next level so to me i i just want to get dive into a little more why yeah you don't like this and what else didn't it didn't offer for you yeah so i wrote down i wrote down the points because i knew i can't just come in here and just say that and not back it up 
And so I would say the point I was most invested in in this show is the prison arc. Agreed. On Narkina 5. Yes. I think No Way Out is the best episode of this show by far. A lot of people have said that it gets better and better every episode. And I would say that, so for me, the first thing was that the first five episode, the first five episodes didn't really engage me at all. It was that sixth episode when they start the heist that yeah. was really like, okay, I'm into this now. And from then on, until we reached No Way, no way Out, that little four episode arc, I think that was really good. Not really that's an arc. It was kind of a mixture of both. But the first five did not engage me hmm. at all. Hmm. Like I was not looking forward to watching them every week. It was just Cassian, the, especially the first three episodes. I was not invested because it was just Cassian on Ferrix mm -hmm. and go telling the story of him. And I'm ne I've never, I was never really invested or a fan of the decision to make a show 12 episodes on Andor a co-star of Rogue One. There are a laundry list of characters. It's almost maddening that Disney has at their like at their feet and yet they choose to make a show about Cassian Andor. Now I'm not mad about that because the show turned out to be really good. And the show that I wanted looks like that's going to be on a like what I I'll say what I wanted it to be was a wider scale rebellion like rebellion ships versus empire ships hmm. you know large scale battles like a, the battle of scarif in rogue one yes we can't have that yet though because we don't have the rebellion yet right. it's the very start and i didn't know that this first season was going to be like the very start and how okay. cassian gets involved but i will say the end of the, f the the final episode where he's like either kill me or take me in. Mm -hmm. I like that. So that is, I like, Mon Mothma never was off of Coruscant, and we got to only see her struggle with family and evading the Empire. Now that's good, but for a whole season of television, I don't know how I feel about that. But also we have like six main characters we're following in this show. I was never bored by that. I love seeing Mon Mothma trying to hide her involvement in the rebellion and same with Luthen Rael, his involvement in the rebellion. He's got wigs and all kinds of disguises. So I, these care, cause you don't want the empire to find out about this. You'll be put to death right away. So I love seeing this very, like it's, it truly is the start of a rebellion and seeing this is so fun and just seeing how uh, Mon Mothma can't really trust anybody. She has to keep it real quiet. And you see her struggling with her daughter as her daughter is embracing yeah. the empire. And she really can't do anything about that because who knows what her daughter will do if Mamatba says what she's feeling. Her story, though, was only on one level the mm. whole show. Like it never really even reached. I mean, the end, though, I mean, it was really sad because it looks like her daughter is going to be sent away to get betrothed to this guy mm -hmm. but I, I, i'm not gonna lie i don't care you know i don't care that her daughter is doing that i do care about mon mothma and the stress it brings upon her but i'm not invested in that story and that was her whole deal on there like the most interesting she was is when she was contacting the rebellion and getting information on mm -hmm. luthan and being like like it was i was excited to see her and i love i love everything on coruscant like Getting to see Coruscant during the Empire era that we've never seen before, love that. But her story never got interesting, in my opinion. So hmm. that mixed with, hold on, what did I write down here? I can't relate it, it was, to that. It was also, well, okay, so what, what was like, I mean, you kind of said it. I think I've already voiced yeah. why I really enjoyed it. But to, that, was just, that, yeah. that was just how it was for me. Okay. So... That mixed with the fact that you said that there was all, there was like six main characters. Mm -hmm. That also, in my opinion, hurt it for me. All because, the characters, you know, because those characters were not like they were bringing in other characters, and at times it felt very confusing. Like even in the finale, there were characters who I didn't even know. Like there was there was an African American character. Mm -hmm. Have we seen that guy before? Have we met that character before? I don't believe so. We, I, don't I think, think we've so. seen him on Ferrix before. We but, may have. But that's the point, is any little person can 
be an influence to the rebellion. We don't need to know their names. How many of those people in the prison arc do you remember their names? We just remember Kino, Kino but that doesn't mean that the rest of them aren't important to the story of the rebellion, to the story of Andor and what is happening. We don't need to know all the names. We just need to see what is happening. Know that any little person can have an impact in this start of this rebellion. And I like that, but at times having that many characters to keep track of was confusing because the conversations that they would have would reference the character that we've seen maybe once like the um Antel Krieger mm-hmm. there was an episode where I was watching and I was like wait have we seen him before we had to pause it and I had to remember that oh wait no he's just kind of this tool that Luthen Rail has been playing with and he's been manipulating the empire with we haven't seen the character at all yet he was the big discussion for three four episodes it was stuff like that that made it at times confusing and there were certain characters that even in the finale, I was like, I should feel emotion here. Should I or no? I will say this, though, in the finale, Marva's speech was really, yes. really epic. Like that was that hit me hit home and listening to um, I forget his name. He was in the he was in the heist arc. But listening to his manifesto mm-hmm. that Cassian was listening to gave me chills mm-hmm. like that was good stuff. But. Yes, that's I, what I'm saying. Like, I understand what you're characters. voicing. Yeah, too many characters is too complex at points. But I think that's why everyone else is. That's why I'm drawn to the show. The complexities of it, because for a lot of Star Wars, you sit down, you watch it. It's relatively simple. You know, Mando, Grogu going on an adventure. It's relatively simple. Kenobi, super simple. Book of Boba Fett, super simple. And where the complexities do come in is in Clone Wars. I do think Clone Wars is very complex at certain times. But for the broad majority of the audience who hasn't seen Clone Wars, this is this is on a whole new level of writing. And this is a whole new level of writing. And for me, I compared this to uh, Daredevil. I called this the Daredevil of Star Wars. And to me, if you know who I am, that Daredevil is my all time favorite thing that Marvel has done. And I'm not quite there with Andor saying it's my all-time favorite thing Star Wars has done, but I'm very close. And I think after season two, it very well could be. And I know you have the sacred original trilogy, which is near and dear to my heart. But the what Andor and Rogue One and partially Rebels have been able to do and elevate the original trilogy even further, it gets all the more points in my eyes. And I know you mm. wanted to say something. No, like... I, well, you had said that you were upset that I don't share the opinion. I'm not upset. I'm upset. I just, well, I'm upset as well. Yeah. Like I feel that I feel your, cause I want to, mm-hmm. like I, I desperately want to do that because I wish I could go away from the episode and say, type in, in a YouTube comment section, this is the greatest thing ever. This yeah. episode was better than the last. Like I want to be able to do that. I and guess you, maybe that's where my main frustration yes, lies. And you don't, you don't want to lie. No, Think, right. Different projects connect with different people. And this just didn't connect with you on the level that it did with everyone else. And we also have to add that this is the least popular of the Disney plus shows, or at least in the star Wars realm. And they actually tonight, it, if you go on uh, ABC at eight, eight, eight o'clock central, you can watch the first episode of Andor, which really cool that they're bringing this to network television but ben i know you had a comment on this well i think that that's a little unfair because like the fact that it's this low mm-hmm. is i would say a problem for disney because like this is a really good show and the only reason it's not as big is because their last projects were about obi-wan kenobi super famous star wars character and book of boba fett a super famous star wars character Both and all of which are less superior than this show but it's, it's the IP, I think. That's what's not bringing people in. Like, if you didn't like Rogue One, I can tell you this. A guy at work didn't like Rogue One. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to bother with that show. Mm. And then you miss out on this. But I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi, even if you don't like Obi-Wan Kenobi, which who doesn't, you, you're still going to check it out because it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, he's big. Mm-hmm. What's Cassian going to do? I think that's unfair, which I will say, like, if that's your reason for not watching the show, like, don't do that. That's bad. Something else that this show really stands out for not doing is all the fan service that a lot of the other shows have been doing. Say what you want 
about Mandalorian. I I think it's great. I love the Mandalorian. But towards season two, they do get very fan servicey with Bo-Katan, with Ahsoka, and Luke Skywalker appearing at the end. I think what is so refreshing, especially in this day and age where fan service is huge, like our favorite movie from last year was No Way Home. And yes, that had a great story and great characters, but it, it was fan servicey at the same time. And I think that this is just so set apart in that way to where we can still be in the Star Wars world. We can still be seeing minor characters that we've seen before, like Saw Gerrera or Mon Mothma, but they can give them interesting and complex stories. And they're not really relying on the cameos per se, which I think a lot of media has been going towards lately. I Yes, I agree with that. In your opinion, do you think fan service is a good thing or a bad thing? So it's tough. It's really tough. It's how it's used, I'd say. I, lo- I love fan service. I love getting references to past things and seeing past characters. But it, it's the way it's done and the way it's executed that needs to be right. Like I think in Book of Boba Fett, the two best episodes were the, the Mandalorian episodes. But I also don't think that worked for the story of Boba Fett. It was Book of Boba Fett. That, right. that was the name of the show. And really, we we didn't dive into a lot of Boba Fett's character. And also bringing in Cad Bane in that show. I think it worked in a way, but also it didn't work in a lot of other ways. So, yes, fan service, I think it's a good thing, but it has to be done right. But I also like how Tony Gilroy is approaching this whole series. He was just, yeah, he's not the biggest, like, Star Wars guru, but he still understands the world. This is different than Kenobi. Things were happening in Kenobi where we were like, I don't, I don't think that's how this would play out. But this feels Star Wars. You know, Tony Gilroy understands this universe and what's happening, whereas he might not be as embedded in all the lore and all of the nitty gritty of the Clone Wars and everything else. He still knows what this world is and how to write it and make it complex and interesting. I do. I, I don't know. I, I think it's a little weird to say that we're not. We if it reminds you of fan service. If Star Wars is like, if it's a big thing in Star Wars, throw it up. You know, like we're not doing that. We're only focusing on the story. And to an extent, I wish most of the writers in Disney or who are employed by Disney would take this. But I feel like you, there almost has to be a medium, I guess, mm-hmm. because. There has not been almost any, like there, there isn't any at all. And so I much more prefer, and I mean, call me what you want, but I much more prefer the Rogue One style of storytelling mm-hmm. where you're focusing on all these new characters. But I mean, you can clearly tell that there's elements that are brought, like you have the cameo of the two guys in the cantina and mm-hmm. like that, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of ships in there. Now, I will say there are some really cool new ships that Andor brought in, especially Luthan Rail's ship. Like, that ship was epic. But I I don't know why you would, I, like, say, like, no fan service, nothing at all. Like, in my opinion, fan service is only a bad thing. Good fan service isn't fan service because it serves the story, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it, in my opinion, Mando does it very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I mean, there was a ton of cameos, but each one serviced the story in each episode for where it was going. You know, like they had to get a Jedi to find the Jedi. You needed to find Mandalorians. So it was a very cool way story-wise to bring in characters that we know. Mm-hmm. So I think that worked, but I agree with you that book of Boba does not use that very well, but this does not use it at all. Andor is only focused on that. And I guess, did I need more excitement at week to week? No, not really. But for me, I guess it wouldn't have hurt. Okay. But to everyone else, it, it, didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah, and we can roll back to what you said about how the first five episodes didn't do it for you. And it wasn't until episode six where you really were invested and you enjoyed what you really enjoyed what was on the screen. But I'd say those first five episodes proved how great Andor was to the rest of the world because it was a show that the writing was complex and that the story was interwoven throughout all these different characters and all these different uh, locations. And it was a story that was willing to take their time 
and build to something. So you have, you have, this is a 12 episode show and you have four mini arcs in the show. You have the, the first arc on Ferrix with climaxes in episode three. Then you have the heist arc, which climaxes in episode six. You have the prison arc, which climaxes in, is it nine or 10? I believe it's 10 because there's four episodes. In yes. And then you five. have this last two little arc that climaxes again on Ferrix with this start of a rebellion of sorts. Yes. Yes. So to me, it was a show that was willing to be patient, willing to do what it needed to do. And it, actually felt like like television is supposed to feel as opposed to broken down movies because that was my problem that was our main problem with kenobi and the book of boba fett is it felt like they only had a script for a movie and then they cut it up into six episodes this very clearly is a script for a season of television and it is paced really well in my opinion it's cut up really well and dispersed even better. Do you think Andor has a little bit of an advantage over Book of Boba and Kenobi because it doesn't have to rely on a character that has a lot of like lore already established? You mm-hmm. can do what you want with it. I totally think that that's a benefit because when you have Boba Fett and Kenobi, there's the, the expectations are already there. What we expect is already there. Our mind canon is already filled for that character. But with Andor, it's just... We saw this dude in Rogue One. He said he'd been a part of this fight since he was six. You know, whatever. He dies. We don't really think about his story before that. We haven't really filled that in our minds. And then now with this season one, whatever headcanon we have, it wouldn't even have been close to how cool they made his character in this season and all the adventures he was able to endure in this episode and the characters he met and just the little uh, turmoil you see. Like, I saw a clip of... Cassian in Rogue One and I already view this character way different than I did before watching Andor and me and you we sat down and watched Rogue One before Andor premiered so it was super cool to get to see that and then now getting to see this story his story more fleshed out and I think this is what people have been saying about this show is why a big complaint is we know how this character this story goes you know he he dies in Rogue One. So what's the point in exploring this story? And I'd say, did you watch Better Call Saul this year? You know, not a lot of people did that I personally know, but that was huge. That whole show, six seasons of a character we knew was going to live to be in Breaking Bad. But the complexities of the character that we get introduced, the side characters that we got introduced to, just further deepened his appearance in Breaking Bad and further made that character loved. And I think in the same way Andor is doing this for Rogue One. And like to me now, when I rewatch Star Wars, it'll have to be Andor season one, Andor season two, Rogue One original trilogy. It has to be that way because the way that it's so connected to each other is just too good not to experience that. It's true. And I'm hoping that season two, I can be a little bit more, I don't want to say open-minded because I was going into this, but I, I hope I can appreciate it on the same level. But I will say I've talked a lot about what I don't like, mm-hmm. but I also wrote down what I do like because there is there is that. And so I want to just say that Luthen Rail is probably one of the coolest characters that, that this show made in all of Star Wars. I... I was expecting him to die just mm. when he was introduced because he's, you know, the old main mentor character. Not really that he was a mentor, but I don't see him making From it From the trailers, out. that's what you yes. thought he'd be. Yeah. I don't see him making it out of the show, but out of this series, I'm glad that he survived. Which and is gonna... also really cool. That That's something that Better Call Saul also did is they introduced a bunch of characters that weren't in Breaking Bad. So we have no idea where their stories will end. So I think that while you can't kill off your main character, you can introduce other characters in this show that can be killed off. And we all know Andor, how many shows name the show after a character then kill off that character? And we knew Kenobi wasn't going to die in Kenobi. We sure hope that Mando is not going to die in Mando, even though the show could end that way, but he's not going to die 
mid mid run. Right. I feel no like I, I when I when he's in danger, I don't feel like he's about to die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about it's smaller than life and death stakes. It's yeah. just about this character and what this will do to them, their physical state, their mental state, and what they will do from this and where their journey will go from here. So I think even if character death isn't on the board, their journey can still be very interesting to watch. Mm. And you know, whose character journey was honestly heartbreaking to watch is to no one's surprise. Kino Lloyd, Kino Lloyd on Arkina five. And <laughs> I will say, I, I think no way out's the best episode, but his introduction, I didn't even know Andy circus was going to be in the show. So when he was going to, when he was introduced as the, the main workman of their crew, I was like, oh, Andy Circus, holy cow. Okay, let's go. Snoke is, uh, Snoke, this is Snoke's origin. Let's go. <laughs> no, they're not going to do that. But his arc going from, I got to get out of here to, it looks like I'm never going to get out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lead others mm-hmm. to getting out paralleling Andor's story throughout the whole season was absolutely fantastic. And obviously the iconic three words that killed me. I'm talking about the different one, but that one even too. That was two iconic like sayings that came out of that episode. His speech that riled everyone up to get everyone out, Mm -hmm. that echoes like he says the same words that Andor says to him at the beginning of that episode. I know I'm focusing in on the on the one episode. Oh yeah. But that episode like really hit me hard. Cause when he says I can't swim, like your heart breaks. Your heart, Your heart breaks. Legit breaks. It's one of the saddest moments in all of Star Wars it, to a character you've met two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's that. Like that was how good it was. And I'd say that a character you met two episodes ago, Ben. That's like a highlight on the whole show. That's how everyone is feeling. Because what other show can do that? Give us a character, and then in two episodes, give us a conclusion of that character and make us feel that way. It's a compliment to the show, a compliment to the writing, and just the overall storytelling that is Andor. Yeah. And I guess I'm just a sucker for like sad stories mm-hmm. because no one's story is, in my opinion, more interesting in the Star Wars universe than Anakin Skywalker's. Mm-hmm. But seeing someone, I mean, who knows if he dies? They've left it open because, as of course, the rule we all know if you don't see the dead body, he's not dead. So they could bring him back, they could write him back into the show. But if he doesn't, my headcanon is that he inspired those Imperial workers to rebel and they cured the whole planet of whatever. That's my headcanon, just because I don't want him to die, man. It's so sad. But his character really loved. I loved Kino Loy. And one of the other things that I really enjoyed from the show was the credit heist in episode six. Yes. Like that was, you felt the tension as they were walking in, mm-hmm. they had the, the every detail of the plan intricately like woven throughout the whole story. And each when they walk through each corridor, it's all and they they talk to each other and it's like, all right, is this person on schedule? Is this person on schedule? No, no. And then at the end, it was almost a shock to me that they started killing off yes. those characters. Yeah. Like just left and right. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then you get the you get the realization that, okay, this this is not gonna be the group we're following. Like I was expecting to follow that group to the end of the show, mm-hmm. you know? But no, we go through arcs in the show. And of course, Clone Wars fan, I'm partial to arcs. But episode six was probably my second favorite episode. Yes. It was great. And just seeing the heist pulled off and the visuals too in that episode that we get are just so, so good for a Star Wars uh, project and even a Star Wars show on Disney Plus. Like they use practical sets, practical costumes in this show, which is a big benefit to it, in my opinion. It's very different. 
the the last three shows that we've watched have used the volume technology which is basically sticking someone in a glorified green screen pretty much but it's the it's it's to help your actors so that they can visualize what's going on but this uses none of that it took very long to produce this show i remember when it was announced all the way back in i think it's 2019 at this point long time ago it's been three years and they were working on it when it was announced so it's been a long time coming for this show and i think just that that much time is going to pass excuse me (laughs) for for the second season too because i don't think that's coming anytime soon but i'm hoping that we can get you know large-scale battles and i'm you know i I wouldn't see a problem I, i know that he has no no fan service is his rule, but I wouldn't see a problem in including a character like Darth Vader. You know, this is a rebellion area storyline or even like e- even the, the rebels, mm-hmm. you know, like any of the rebel, the, the rebels from the TV show, mm-hmm. you know, any of those characters could work in the show. And we know that the timeline would fit for the second season. This is a bit before the first season yeah. is a bit before rebels, but I, I guess I yes. just what I'm saying is I don't see a problem with that. You know, if it's done right. I'm of the opinion that I don't want to see any of that. I want to just continue the story that we're telling. And if Darth Vader did show up, I I would feel kind of upset about that. I know that sounds crazy to say, but it just feels like cheap. Cheap is a word I'm drawing at. It would feel too cheap for Andor. Andor feels too, it feels above that, in my opinion, to have as much as I'd love to see a Kane and Jarrus introduced in live action, it just wouldn't fit the vibe of the show and it wouldn't feel like Andor. This Andor is part of Star Wars, but also I think if you're a new Star Wars fan, you can sit down, watch Andor and love it as its own project, as its own show. Yes. And that's another thing I've heard a lot of people say, like, this is, this is just a Star Wars show. Like, that's good. It's a good like show. Mm-hmm. You compared it to Daredevil. I don't see that comparison. And better call Saul, but better better call Saul that too. So it's like it's it really just must be a maybe that's the disconnect, you know? Maybe that's where it is. And so I'll, I'll go back to why I compare it to Daredevil and uh, like because you have Avengers movies, you have Thanos, Infinity War, you know, the whole universe is at stake. In Daredevil, it's Hell's Kitchen. So to me, the 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 small storytelling is where I really love seeing characters thrive and not that the rebellion is small, but right now it's very small and it will eventually get to that large scale, uh, the large scale that we see in the original trilogy, but right now it's small and I love seeing the start of that and how any little character can affect the storytelling like a foggy Nelson. He's not going to affect what is happening in Inven- mm. Avengers Endgame. But to Daredevil and his personal growth and personal story, he is a huge character. So that that that's where I'm coming from in that department. I gotcha. So maybe that's just the disconnect, I guess. Maybe I just personally prefer the bigger epic stories. Hmm. But then, like, I don't know. I can still enjoy stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't sure. know. Like, I don't, I guess it just. I don't want to say it's not for me because I like the show, mm-hmm. but no, like it's not as for you as it is for other people. And that's fine. No. That's fine. It just really surprised me that so many people like love the show, like legit. And it makes me a little upset. I'm not going to lie. When people say <laughs> that it's the best Star Wars story telling that we've gotten since the original trilogy, like I'm not going to lie. Cause there, in my opinion, I'm like, Ooh, what, how can you say that? You know, there's, there are better stories on my side where how can you not say that? Because pick, pick four or five Clone Wars arcs Mm -hmm. better than this. You know, the, the original, the prequel trilogy better than this rogue one better than this, you know, rebels better than this. So, I mean, that's where I'm coming from. I think those are better than this. Yeah. And I disagree, but how we disagree is, is yeah have different levels because I do love Clone Wars and parts of Clone Wars, but I think there's a lot of a bog in Clone Wars and same with rebels, the highs of rebels top tier, you know, Kanan's arc and his story. He's one of my favorite characters in star Wars and same with Ahsoka, but it's just, I think you're focused on more of the, the huge 
story and following these characters and not that Clone Wars is always huge, but I just think that, you know, I, you just, I'm focused on the big grand scale. And in that way, I'm not able to like appreciate something mm. like that's this mm -hmm. small and this complex, I guess. Cause when you're at that scale, it's easy. It's easy to understand what the heck's going on. But this, I mean, I get like, but then I don't know. I, there is a disconnect though. Yeah. And I do like the show, but not as much as everyone else. And everyone else does like the show. So I am very interested to hear as the, as time goes on, the legacy that this leaves behind, because it is something different. That's something that we've definitely discovered mm -hmm. with the show. And Star Wars is interesting as time goes on. The prequel trilogy, for example, was maligned by when it came out back in the day. Mm -hmm. And now it's generally looked upon favorably. So we'll see what happens with the show. I don't I think, think I, I think it will stay there because it's different. Mm -hmm. But who knows? When when I found out that the show would only be two seasons, I was I was very heartbroken because this is a show that could easily run for five, six seasons like any normal television show. So when I found out it was two seasons, I, I was I was upset by that because these are characters I want to spend years on end with. Yeah, I think he well, I think this is something that Star Wars needs to learn from because he, Tony Gilroy came to Disney with a plan mm -hmm. and he was like, I want to tell two seasons of the story. I want to tell him what back in when he was before the Empire and I want to tell right before Rogue One how he got to that point. And that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. That's my plan. And I think Disney was wise in saying yes to that. And I think he was wise in saying I need two seasons and guaranteeing that because just looking at numbers and everything, if this was normal, I don't think it would be greenlit for a second season. But that's locked in. They're already filming. So we're going to get that. And low numbers for Star Wars are still high numbers for anything else. Right. So I don't think numbers is an issue because there's still tons of people watching this show. So yeah, I just hope Star Wars learns from this and has a plan with the recent stuff going on at Disney. Yes. Bob Iger's back. He's the one who acquired Star Wars back in the day. And Kathleen Kennedy is rumored to be out. There's been rumors of this for a long time, but personally, for me, it would make me the happiest guy on the planet if she would get the heck out of Disney and Lucasfilm. She is the wrong head. Make Dave Filoni and John Favreau promote them to some kind of position. I don't know if you do Dave Filoni because he needs to be telling stories, but Give someone the head of Star Wars who actually understands what the fans want mm -hmm. and is not just about, you know, I feel like she was about politics. You know, she was she was about storytelling and producing great movies, but as a storytelling, a storyteller and one who dictates how stories roll. I think she was bad and the people she picked were bad. So I think and hope that Star Wars realizes that this is the kind of storytelling that you need to follow because Star Wars has always done something interesting in my opinion. Every project, every project, mm -hmm. except for maybe the original trilogy, has something that is so glaringly obvious to me that if they just did that, it would be perfect. Mm. You know, every, almost every project is just so close to being right there and I have a problem with it, that it's just not there for me. You look at any Star Wars project. I mean, Mandel's actually pretty close, but Clone Wars. Why are we spending four episodes on astromech droids? There's a problem there. Or even in that final season, that Ahsoka arc yes. with the twins or the like, sisters. It, there's annoyances, I would yeah. say. In yeah. every Star Wars project, Obi-Wan, Book of Boba, just things that are like, if they just would have done the, the glaringly obvious if they just would have had Obi-Wan, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Leia Organa working together in the sequel trilogy, how obvious is that, the prequels, if you just would have had good acting? Andor, in my opinion, if you would have done a little more and had a wider scale, in my opinion. Hmm. So in every project, I'm with that. But Andor has done something interesting 
and set itself apart from the rest in having one singular vision across one linear storyline. It's not episodic like Mando and Boba. It's only one storytelling, and you can tell because it's an actual season of television. Mm -hmm. It's 12 episodes. How often do you get stuff like that? Yeah, and that's a credit to Tony Gilroy and his his plan. You know, that's the biggest problem with the sequel trilogy (laughs) is there wasn't a three-movie plan. But then here you have Tony Gilroy with a 24-episode plan to execute Andor. And it's just so sad that you couldn't get a three-movie plan for what was your return to star wars yeah yeah so who knows do you promote tony gilroy do you give him more stuff to do does he have more stuff he wants to do i know he's not i don't the think he fan. does i, don't I think, think he, he just does. wants to do i this. think he wants to do andor and then he wants to leave star wars i guess so which i'm fine with i'm fine with so do you have andor and anything else then character could you, could you have him in like anything else you don't need him. This is his show. So, uh, okay. What do you mean? Anything else? Like, like if, they, if they were to Bad make Batch? another rebellion story or even Bad Batch, I mean, if Bad Batch makes it that far, I mean, is this, is this something that Andor could show up in anything else? In? Or no, this is Andor doesn't. Need I like this. this being its own self-contained story. And who, who knows? It's Star Wars. Characters can show up anywhere and comics can be written about anything so i'm not going to say it's impossible but the same deal with how i don't i wouldn't encourage darth vader to show up or because i mean the the sith like sidious name was mentioned in andor you know they mentioned him the emperor Emperor. they talked about him so that's still a big part of star wars and darth vader could show up he could have an appearance but i think just i think the mention to me is a lot more impactful if that makes Mm. any sense because it's like oh yes they're they're not ignoring this they're acknowledging it but they're also not putting it in this show because they don't need to yeah if and or had darth vader in it more people would be watching it it's just a fact but the show and tony gilroy i think they don't need that they Mm. don't need the clicks they're not making thumbnail content they're making good content and if you click on it you'll probably enjoy it but I don't think they're fighting for those clicks, which is a really mature way to do this. I agree. I want to talk about the end mm-hmm. and not the end, although we will talk about it. I'm talking about the end credits yes. scene. If you stayed for the credits, which I was not, I was expecting nothing because no fan service. I saw like yesterday that. that there would be an end credit. Scene, oh. So I knew, so, but I stayed and we get the stuff that they were working on in Arkina five. Mm-hmm being put on the Death Star, which is very close to being finished at this point. Five years since Rogue One, when it's first used. Yes. So, does that play into Season 2? Or is it, I want to ask you this, just a nice little nod to pay off what they were doing in those four episodes, or three episodes in Narkina 5? Well, because that whole Narkina 5 arc, you're thinking, man, what, what are they building? So the, the payoff in and of itself is rewarding in that way and knowing that, yes, even Andor, this small character and all these other small characters, Kino Loy, what they were doing does impact the greater universe. And they, they contributed to help building the Death Star. Whether they want to accept that or not, they're part of that. I've done horrible things in the name of the Rebellion. I think that's what he says on Rogue One. Man, if only he knew that. Mm-hmm. He was helping construct the Death Star. I love that though. That last shot though. Death Star wise, when Cassian hears about it in Rogue One, is that his first time hearing about the Death Star? When Jin Erso mentions what her father was working on, I, I can't think recall. So. I don't know if he gives a reaction at all. Yeah, I'm not sure. But like, I don't like, think he needs to. The Empire did a pretty good job at hiding this massive. Uh, planet killing space Super center. Weapon, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Star Wars is huge. You can hide massive things. Especially when I, I always looked at that as being like the Emperor runs the galaxy. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to keep projects secret, he could. And who knows where they built that thing. So, I feel like you'd have to stumble upon that by accident. They have ways of making it known that 
making it not known, I should say, you know, but season two Mm -hmm. is five years after this, after this ending. So where do we see Andor? Because at the end of this, Mm -hmm. you can either kill me or take me in. Mm -hmm. So So he's going to be working with Luthen. Is he? He's got to be. Yeah. If Luthen doesn't kill him, he, he recruits him for work. So it's confirmed that season two will pick up five years after this. We won't get any. Yes. And season two will end where Rogue One starts. Mm. So that's, that is confirmed. See, that's my thing. There's five years there. Why can't we get seasons of television do going through those five years? I would love that Mm. just because it's cool to see the nitty gritty start of this rebellion. And then in season two, we'll just have a full blown rebellion. I would love to see the rise and growth of that whole rebellion and see that graft. Well, I think you get that in rebels. Yeah. I think that is because I was like, wait a minute, isn't the rebellion like a thing pretty much throughout the whole, all the 20 years of the dark times? It is small scale. And then I remember rebels and I'm like, okay, they really built it and it became a thing. The cells, the rebel cells Mm -hmm. became one rebellion, you know? So right now it sells. So I think you have that time period and that's when rebels takes place Mm -hmm. during those five years. So you don't get Cassian, which if, I mean, who knows if this was made at a different time, you probably would have gotten a Cassian cameo in rebels, but that's not the way it goes. So I think that there, that's where you have your time, but he has a plan and who knows, who knows what season two could be about. I'm just hoping that we have like space battles and I like a huge, like conflict on the ground, like a war almost Mm. like a, a rebellion, a war, you know, like the rebellions, that the battles that they talk about, like an Umbara type situation, Mm -hmm. but in the rebel, like rebellion style, guerrilla warfare. Yes. I really, I would love to see that. I think. Yeah. That'd be cool to see. It would, it'd be cool to see, but I don't need it. This whole first season didn't need it. So I think that's just where, that's also where the disconnect yeah. is. You are hoping for these bigger space battles, bigger uh, ground battles, but I don't, I don't need that. I like the small scale storytelling that they're doing. And if they were to do big, Tony Gilroy would write that and he would direct that really well. So yeah, they can pull it off and they can do it. I'm not saying I absolutely need it though. Yeah. Well, whether you like the show or you don't, clearly there has, there is a lot of stuff to talk about and there is a lot of good conversation. If you take the time to sit down and watch the never more than 12 episodes of Andor. And I think the, the, the second season is going to be another 12 episodes, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be interesting to see where the legacy that the show leaves behind. It's going to be a long wait for season two. I'll tell you that. But it won't be a a wait in and of itself because, I mean, next month we have Bad Batch season two. Greatly looking forward to that. Mando season three coming up. Cody is going to be in Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. Mando, Ahsoka next year, which I'm greatly looking forward to. There will be no shortage of content, and it looks like they're starting to form a release date for the next Star Wars film. I think that could be another reason why they brought Iger back in. Is that the uh, Damon Lindelof Star Wars film? I yes. think he, his is the closest to reaching any sort of concreteness. Which is really cool that he, d- hopefully he doesn't J.J. Uh, Abrams this, but it's just cool that he gets to do this film. And we know that he can write a really complex story. He did the Watchmen. He did the leftovers. He did lost. And, uh, it'll just be really cool to see that he, we know he's a massive star Wars fan. So it'd be really cool to see him get to do his own project. He's a star Wars fan. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Any star Wars reference in lost was, was that was for sure. him. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Okay. I wonder the rumors have been that it's going to be sequel trilogy or even later than that post sequel trilogy. Again, I guess part of my frustration is also that I just wish they would do night old Republic stuff. Mm -hmm. It's so rich, but I don't know. And I think that is something that will happen, but I don't know if we'll get live action. I think that could be a Filoni thing. I'm into that. Animated. Yeah. I'm, I'm as long as it's being told in a way because I mean there's some of the coolest Sith man 
back in the old Republic, Nihilus, Scion, Revan. And it's there's so, Revan is one of the coolest characters in all of Star Wars. And he, no one even knows. No one even, practically no one even knows who he is. So I would love to see that. But it looks like I would, well, when would you say Andor season two would come out? 2024 at the soonest, probably. A long time. Hopefully we'll get Andor season two and Daredevil born again. Back to back, same. Maybe one day we'll get Andor. Next day we'll get Daredevil born again. We'll have 12 episodes of Andor, 18 episodes of born again. I'll, I'll be ready for that. We know that production has started on season two. Mm-hmm. So, same with Daredevil. Giving that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have you seen those clips I've been sending you of yes. Vincent D'Onofrio? Yes. I mean, that, that's good. He's like, him, just him saying that, being the fan that he is, saying that he is so excited and we have no idea what's in store mm-hmm. for the 18 episodes. I'm sold, man. I'm sold. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can do a three-hour podcast on that alone, but I'll, and we we probably I'll will. leave that. Yeah, we probably will. But I think unless you want to say anything else about Andor, just massive fan of it. And if you're listening to this podcast, you haven't watched Andor for whatever reason. Go watch Andor. Let us know your opinion. And you know. Are, are you more of a Ben or are you more of an Ethan or maybe you hate the show altogether because I have encountered a few people who watch the first three and then stopped watching. So yeah, the, the show's not for everybody, but those for who it is for really, really love it. Yes. And so I think, I think that does it. I would really love to hear everyone's opinion though, like Ethan said. So this is going to be something that people are going to be talking about because I think this conversation is something that people are, want to talk about. I would say the majority who have seen the whole thing fall in Ethan's cap. So who knows? We will see where that goes. But I think for Andor, that does it. In my opinion, still a really great season of Star Wars television. And for Ethan, I would say probably some of the best Star Wars that's ever been out there. I If we had recorded this podcast a little later... Like, because today is is Wednesday, the episode dropped today. I was considering doing a full twelve episode rewatch to to podcast, but uh, that that won't happen. Uh, the timing timing didn't work out for that to happen with this podcast. But a rewatch a rewatch of Andor will definitely happen for me at some point in the future. Whether it be now or when you're gearing up for season two, you'll have definitely plenty a lot of time to do that. But uh, for now, we're going to gear a ha- gear away from that. We're going to head away from that. And uh, I think the only project, new project that we're going to talk about for the rest of the year is Avatar. I would say we're definitely going to see that in theaters. We and may or may not do a review of the first one on the podcast. And we got the Guardians holiday special also. I cannot forget about that. I'm greatly looking forward to that this Friday or mm-hmm. depending on when this is out the 27th of november great looking forward to that could get some good nuggets for guardians 3 who knows but um yeah I, i'm greatly looking forward to doing the, the year in review podcast our favorite projects yes. of 2022 because i've been reminiscing on the films lately that have come out this year especially the batman and um thinking about all the bad that we got this year and also a lot of the good mm-hmm. so i'm thinking maybe we do a maybe we do a little like three best projects of 2022 okay. and then three bad projects okay. of 2022. That'll I, be fun. I'm just, I'm gearing up for yes. that. Like I'm ready. That'll I'm be thinking awesome. Back and then also looking forward to 2023. Cause it's going to be a big year. Oh yeah. Again for movies, but um, movies, television, Marvel, star Wars, and everything world. in between DC, so, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones five. Yeah. yeah. And uh, tales of the Jedi. Do we still want to, we want to maybe record if you're listening and you want a tales of the Jedi podcast. Let us know. We we almost recorded one this past week, but <laughs> circumstances led to it not happening. Yeah. Or I guess it did kind of happen. I mean, it, it kind of happened. but We got half of it recorded, and then... Uh, you're not going to hear that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. We'll leave that up in the air. We may do one, we may not. If timing permits, it's the holiday season, it's busy time, so certain projects may take precedence, but um, we will see. But... That is all, folks. For now, I am Ben Rayside. I'm Ethan Wenslaw. And we all hope that you have an absolutely fantastic day, and may the Force be with you. Bye.
always. 